I'm Kieran Lynch and welcome to Ovicast, the Chocolate Sheep Podcast. Each episode will bring you the latest insights, advice and technical updates for the sheep industry. In the second part of our discussion on colostrum with Professor Tommy Boland, he explains how colostrum impacts the lamb. We discussed the importance of ensuring lambs consume sufficient quantities of colostrum quickly after birth and how this affects the transfer of immunity from the oat to the lamb. Tommy discusses colostrum alternatives are available and what role they play, including why caution is needed when using them. Finally, we finish up with Tommy offering his insights on how colostrum intake not only influences lamb survival and passive immunity, but also has a role to play in the early development of the rumen and how that can have an impact on subsequent lamb performance. We start off, however, with Tommy explaining the various roles colostrum has once consumed by the newborn lamb and how each of these affects survival and performance. The functions of colostrum in the lamb, there's four major functions as I see it. First one is the fact that it provides energy to the lamb. When the lamb is born, it's coming from a very warm environment inside the ewe. So up around 37, 38 degrees in, inside the uterus of the ewe. And when that lamb is born, it's, you know, it comes out into an environment where you know, it, might be, it might be zero up to 10 or 12 degrees. But doesn't matter what that degree range is, you know, it's quite a change from what the lamb experienced inside uh, in, in, in the uterus or inside in the ewe. So immediately once that lamb hits the ground, it needs to start producing energy to produce heat, to keep it warm, to prevent it from getting hypothermia. If that doesn't happen, that lamb will very quickly die. Now, when a lamb is born, it does have some energy reserve in its body, and it has a particular type of energy that's really only seen in the newborn animal called brown fat. And it immediately starts to mobilize that brown fat to allow it to produce energy. But there's actually very little of that brown fat there present in the animal uh, it'll only have enough to keep itself over a couple of hours so really the consumption of colostrum it, very quickly after that lamb is born is essential to keep it alive from that heat production perspective so that's that's the first major role of colostrum in the, the lamb the second function then is that the colostrum serves as a a supply of i suppose antibodies or the antibodies are the components in the system that will prevent the lamb from getting sick or from picking up disease. So when the lamb is born, again, it comes from a safe environment inside the ewe where the ewe is protecting that lamb from disease. When the lamb hits the ground, its own immune system is not yet functioning. So basically the lamb is susceptible to every disease in that environment. The only way the lamb can gain protection from those diseases in the environment is if it consumes colostrum, and absorbs the antibodies from that colostrum. And those antibodies are, again, they're the agents or they're the compounds which protects the lamb from developing, uh, developing the diseases in the environment and the diseases which the yo has been exposed to in, in late pregnancy. And it needs to consume that colostrum, you know, within the first uh, couple of hours, really, because that's when it has the best chance of absorbing those antibodies. The third function is to, is to get, get the digestive tract moving or get the guts moving and to to get that meconium or that, you know, brightly colored feces or brightly colored poo that the lamb produced, to get that out of the system. And if that doesn't move out of the system, again, it can cause infection to develop in the, in, in the, in the digestive tract of the animal. We certainly don't want to have anything causing upset in the digestive tract of the newborn lamb. And then another function, and there are many more than this, you know, I'm just giving kind of the top, the top three or four here. Another function of a colostrum and the actual suckling effect by the lamb is it's really important to develop that bond uh, between the O and the lamb so that the O will recognize her own lamb and, and you know, mind that lamb once they're turned out and that lamb again is able to recognize 
recognize the O. So essentially all the major challenges that the lamb faces in life can be addressed by the consumption of good quantities of good quality colostrum. Tommy, look, we covered this in last week's episodes. We do having sufficient colostrum there is vital for all of them functions you outlined. We mentioned quantity. How much colostrum does that lamb need to take in in the first 24-hour period? You're looking at around a litre per lamb, Kieran. For if you take your average uh, five kilo lamb, you're looking at a litre to 1.25 litres there in the first in the first 24 hours of life. You know, that's a that's a significant quantity of colostrum for the O to produce, particularly if she's given two or three lambs. So we, as we discussed last week, we need to really need to focus on the or the nutrition of the O so that can she, she can produce that colostrum or that these things to have to support the lamb in the first 24 hours. Tommy, I know from doing this with different groups over the years, when you actually show the quantity of colostrum a lamb needs in that first feed, the 50 mil per kilo, it's sometimes off-putting, but it, it is the actual requirement. Now, I know there's cases where less will go in, but that has an impact as well. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, I've, I've, I've had many groups through the farm. I've been out on the farm as well. And I, I, I talk about giving, you know, 250 mils uh, to a five kilo lamb. And people say, you can't do that. That'll burst the lamb. I, I, haven't, I haven't burst one yet by doing it. I'd be more worried about not giving them enough than, than, than giving them the, the right amount. So like the quantity end of it you've covered, the other end of it is the timing. So the timing from the energy point of view has an obvious impact, but it also has a big impact for the immunity point of view. Would you just take us through that and why it's so vital that we get in early? Yeah, and it's it, it, it's really from the immunity perspective, Kieran. You know that that you have to get in early. If you miss that early window from the immunity development, you're lost. You know, you do have some kind of, I suppose, backup plans. Now you might want to use them, but you do have some backup plans you can use from an energy perspective. If things go if things go wrong for the lamb from a heat perspective, you don't have those options there from the immunity perspective. So listen, when the lamb is born, you have the lamb's digestive system is at a very particular stage of development. And that is only to support the absorption of the antibodies in the colostrum. So again, the antibodies are the protective agents that protect the, protect the lamb from disease. Usually once the lamb is born, the lamb's ability to absorb those antibodies starts to decline. Okay, and it declines up until about 24 hours when it's essentially gone. It can no longer absorb antibodies at that stage. Now, nature has evolved a really sophisticated system here that the yo will have the highest concentration of antibodies in the first colostrum she produces. So if you if we look at the concentration of antibodies in, in the first colostrum, you know, it's about 10% of the colostrum is present as antibodies. At 10 hours, that's reduced to about 60%, and at 18 hours, that's reduced to, about, sorry, about 6%, and at 18 hours, that's reduced to about 3%. So the concentration in the colostrum very quickly falls off, and the lamb's ability to use those antibodies also uh, very quickly falls off. So we need to be getting that first feed into the lambs, ideally by the lamb standing up and sucking itself, but we need to be getting that first feed into the lamb in the first one to two hours of life. Yeah, so you have the two sliding scales there. One, the lamb's ability to absorb drops off, and also what the ewe is producing drops off as well. You're touching something else there. In most cases, Tommy, that lamb should get up and suck himself. A lot will stomach tubing was definitely one of the greatest inventions or techniques implemented on farms. It saved lambs up and down the length and breadth of the country. But there are some inherent risks with tubing too. So to tease them out a little bit with you, the quantity issue, the hygiene issue, um, and there is a labour issue as well to tubing every lamb. Like by right, if your nutrition is right and everything else has been done right, that lamb should manage it himself anyway. 
yeah, and, and certainly in, in a commercial farming situation, here, you know, I I would I would dread to think that there are any or many farmers uh, tubing every lamb that, that is born because that's indicating some breakdown in the natural process. So that lamb should be born in a vigorous state. The yo should uh, give birth having adequate quantities of colostrum and that lamb should be able to stand up and go and suckle. Now, there will be cases, individual cases, and, uh, you know, I've done it myself in the past. If, if he was given birth to triplets or quads, that I'll, I'll, I'll tube each triplet and quad in, in that first hour where the stomach tube is needed. And in doing so, I suppose we've, we've kind of, we've mentioned volume to some extent. But if you're looking at the quantity of colostrum uh, a lamb requires, you require uh, 50 mils of colostrum per kilogram of lamb birth weight. So, your average single is probably six kilos. So that's, you know, 300 mils of colostrum. Your average twin is probably five kilos. So that's 250 mil of colostrum. And your, your, your triplets should be in the four kilo bracket. So again, that's 200 mils of colostrum. That's, that's quite, a, quite a quantity, but it's really important that we give them the adequate quantity of colostrum. Then the stomach tube and the hygiene of the stomach tube is really, really important. And as you, as you indicated, the stomach tube is, is a fantastic uh, tool to have on farm. It's a great way of introducing colostrum into the lamb system. You can be assured of the volume you're, you're giving to the lamb, but it's also a fantastic way of introducing bacteria and infection if you're not sterilizing that tube uh, and sterilizing it really, really well, sterilizing the, the syringe or whatever vessel you're using to administer the colostrum as well. So it needs to be, needs to be sterilized, needs to be really, really clean. And you know the amount of times I see it happen with ourselves at, at lines where somebody will take the stomach tube out of the sterile solution, they'll carry it to the pen, they go to catch the lamb and leave the tube down into the bowl, the silage or down onto the straw bed, and you've completely defeated the purpose of sterilization then. Oh, a very valid point. I also think Tommy, like, it's the one thing with stomach tube, and if you milk that yo, it really gives you a good indication. Did you get the late pregnancy management, particularly the nutrition, right? Yeah, and I suppose what I would say on, on that, it, it gives it does give you a really good indication of that of that, Joe. Even where farmers are doing things really, really well, and you know, we do a whole lot of individual feeding, we've been doing it for 20 years, you will still get the occasional yo, which doesn't produce colostrum. So I would never get too concerned at farm level here. And if you're looking at one or two or three percent of yo's failing to have adequate colostrum, that's that's a genetic problem, but where that number is getting up into five to ten percent of yo's lambing down without colostrum, that, that's certainly indicating a nutritional impact. And that's that's where the problem kicks off. It raises another very good point. In that case where yo won't have colostrum, and as you indicated there, there will always be a smaller percentage and won't have adequate colostrum. There are alternatives available, Tommy. There's various commercial products on the market. We have the option of cow colostrum. Again, a very simple question about that to require detailed answer. Best practice in using the alternatives. Um, yeah. Where did they have a role and what are the limitations? In terms of the alternatives, the first best option is always the yo's own colostrum. Now, that's for the very fact we're having this conversation, that won't always be possible. The next best option, in my opinion, is surplus colostrum from another yo within the same flock because they will have been exposed to the same issues and same challenges as the, as the lamb you're trying to treat. Bovine colostrum is also a good option in certain circumstances. Um, and then when, when, when we're talking about the, the, the colostrum alternatives, these are the commercially available powdered products or sometimes liquid products that can be reconstituted and actually delivered to the lambs. The first thing to note is that all of those products vary. 
in terms of their of their nutrient composition and their antibody concentration as well. Um, in a situation where the yo has no milk and is not an alternative supply of actual colostrum available uh, on the farm, the use of one of those colostrum alternatives it's it's a really good tool to have in the toolbox. You know, but I would say it's something that needs that should be getting used sparingly on any individual farm. If you're having to go for that tool a lot, again, it's indicating a problem. But the fact at any particular time you may have a problem, that is a tool that you that you can use. They're really, really good for supplying energy to the lamb. Their ability to supply or to meet that immunity challenge will, will very much vary depending on the quality of, of the colostrum. And you know, they can have further implications in the life of the lamb that maybe we'll get a chance to discuss in a moment. Like in them scenarios, Tommy, particularly in the case where there's no milk, you have no alternative, you have to supplement the lambs. It saves the lamb. Trying to get some milk, or at least we'll take the case of a triplet later, instead of just supplementing one of the lambs with the artificial one, we should try and balance it out across the board that at least some of the mother's own milk goes into them lambs because that's key to transfer of any immunity or it's key to any vaccination programs when implemented on the farm. Yeah, and, and when I spoke with 50 mils per kilogram of body weight requirement earlier, that, that was to supply the energy requirements. We can actually go a little bit lower than that from, immu- from an immunity perspective. So exactly splitting it across the three lambs is a better approach rather than given, not giving one of those three lambs any maternal colostrum. Look, you, you mentioned the point there earlier, and the effect that that colostrum has on getting that lamb started, so with the energy effect, that's obvious that gets the lamb started off thriving. We discussed last week the effect it has on the O in early lactation. Priming their immunity early on has a big impact on how they meet that environmental challenge when they go out. But has it an impact, Tommy, on how that lamb performs subsequently from a gut health point of view or otherwise? Yes, uh, Kieran, it does. So, and again, that's 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 a two phase process. So, obviously, priming the immune system is really important because the lamb needs to be healthy to, to optimize its growth rate afterwards. But also, and you know, this work is coming across from dairy cattle and beef cattle and, and, and sheep as well. And there's a huge body of evidence there now to say that the consumption of colostrum by the lamb actually sets up the digestive system to allow it to allow it to efficiently utilize nutrients once that animal moves on to a solid feed diet or essentially in, in the post-weaning uh, phase of the lamb's life. And we did a study a few years ago where we looked at, you know, supplementing or, or, or offering some lambs maternal colostrum in the first 24 hours of life. And these are these are triplet lambs. And then their litter mates were offered an, a colostrum alternative um, in the first 24 hours. Of life. So those lambs did not receive any colostrum from the yo, but they received a colostrum alternative over the first 24 hours of life. <clears throat> and what we saw with those lambs and there was no difference in the growth rates of those lambs up to weaning. These were this was an intensively reared scenario. There was no difference in the growth rate of those lambs up to weaning. But in the post-weaning period, the lambs received colostrum. They grew about 80 grams per day faster than the lambs which didn't receive colostrum. And they had exposure to exactly the same environment. The only thing that differed was the colostrum consumption in the first 24 hours of life. And like I said, that stacks up against the, the data coming from cattle as well, which shows that there, this colostrum, it has hundreds and hundreds of what are referred to as bioactive compounds. So biological compounds present in very small amounts, <clears throat> but they play a really, really important role in actually priming the digestive system and priming the, the, the I suppose, the, the, 
the metabolic engine of that lamb to allow them to grow well. So I, I really can't overstate how important it is to get the adequate quantities of good quality colostrum into that newborn lamb. And I'm, I'm not talking about going out stomach tubing every lamb here, but I'm really focusing on getting the nutritional program right in late pregnancy, having the old lambing down in the correct uh, body condition score. And, you know, that'll result, that should result in vigorous lambs, which will stand up and suckle and yews, which can produce enough colostrum to support the needs of those lambs. And we touched on, maybe last week, we touched on body condition score of the yew and the impacts that can have. There's also a huge amount of evidence to show that if our yews are lambing down thin or under-conditioned yews, that their lambs actually have reduced vigor and reduced vitality. So they're less likely to stand up, they're less likely to suckle, they're less well able to stick with the yew, and that'll increase the risk of those lambs suffering disease and mortality. I mean, put quite simply, it really highlights the importance of getting a need to get off to a good start in life. And that's evidence of it there. Look, it's been fascinating two episodes with you. It's a really important topic and really appreciate your time. Thanks, Kieran. A pleasure. We're going to finish the episode up there. I think it's been a very useful two-parter with Tommy. And I'd like to thank him again for taking his time to be with us and summarising very important messages around cluster management. Clearly, how we manage that during late pregnancy how we manage the lamb immediately after birth and ensuring those lambs get sufficient colostrum has a massive impact on lamb survival and indeed on subsequent performance. So I think it's very useful at this stage of the season. That's it for me for this episode. Again, for any updates on our sheep programme, keep an eye on our Twitter page at Chargo Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and listen in to any of our episodes.